What's up, Spell Slingers? My name is Gary and John Wells. I'm Drew Flitton. And I'm Corey Janavagian. And this is Untap Upkeep Dream. Beer up. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Today, we're talking about some of our favorite weird things in magic, alternate win cons. And to help us along here, we brought back one of our favorite guests, Michael. Well, goddamn, howdy partner. How are you welcome guys? Welcome back. Thanks for having me. So we got Michael back because he tends to be, at least in our play group, the king of alternate win cons. You just enjoy him. Oh, I love him. He hates winning <laughs> normally, which I can understand. So before we get into any crazy weird win cons, like that one card that makes us draw the game, we're going to get <laughs> into some beers. Well, technically, we're drinking ciders. And these are some of the ones that I brought back from Oregon. Uh, we've got some from all over Oregon. And then, Michael, again, you just had to bring along your own. You guys didn't offer me free ones, so I had to buy my own. <laughs> You're a stand-up guy. We didn't say that, but we appreciate it. <laughs> Okay, Drew, what are you rocking with? So I've got the Blackberry Cider from the Avid Cider Company. It is a 6.2% ABV. It's out of Bend, Oregon, which, I mean, we all love to shoots. You know, Bend is a place that we're not going to say no to any product from, basically. Um, And this, I mean, they're super proud of all of their ciders. Fermented with 100% Northwest juice. Let's dive right in. So it's really, really dark red, purple. Color is amazing on actually all of these ciders. Yeah, I fuck with that. That's really good. Ooh. So, first off, it's just fruity. Like, not quite generic fruity, like berry-style fruity. Yeah. Um, has a really kind of dry aftertaste, kind of like a wine finish, okay. uh, a dry wine. That is um, delicious. It's Holy really, shit. really good. And then the blackberry really is kind of what lingers on the tongue afterwards. Yep. does have the, that, that touch of, like, acrid wine to it, but it's so overpowered by the fruity sweet body of the blackberry good god dude that is delicious yeah i picked this one out specifically for me because i love blackberries <laughs> i saw it just like, oh, if i'm gonna buy a bunch of beers when i'm in oregon i'm gonna get some for me too what about you michael what do you think i think it's delicious i like the the flavor it's nice and smooth going down nothing too nothing too crazy yeah this is actually really good yeah the, Honestly, it's one of the, the best ciders I've had. Yeah, the I, blackberry definitely comes in at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I can still taste it. It's yeah, just like it's, hanging out for I'm a while. I'm going back for a second taste. I mean, 6.2%, kind of high for something like this. And yeah. Gary, I know you just said that you're not a big fan of wine, but the mm. one I got for you, you said you like pears. I love so pears. I got you pears the what? Paradise. <laughs> the Paradise. Yeah, so it is a... It is a cider that has been blended with wine. It's the Imperial Getaway Pear-A-Dice Cider by Two Towns Cider House. And it says right on the front, made with pears, apples, and grape wine. Yeah, when we looked into this one a bit more, they talked about the profile of it. They take pears and apples and basically kind of ferment that. And then they mix it with a grape wine, which is just a white wine they have. Uh, I guess, how's it taste? Well, it's 8.6 ABV, so I'm going hard today. Yeah, and... I guess it should be noted that with all of these, they're ciders. They're not beers, so they don't have IBUs with them. Yeah, they're just delicious fruitiness. Very similar to yours in the way that the wine is disguised. There's kind of like that wine undertone. Very pear forward. That is a sweet, fruity. Oh, that's delicious, dude. Yeah. Pears are probably one of my favorite. I mean, I like pears and peaches. Those are the two fruits. Top two. God damn. Yeah, I noticed that when we you know, opened and got the pour on it for the, the pictures that... 
the the smell on it was very wine like. Yep. Oh yeah, it smells just like a white wine. Yeah. Fruit it's, forward. It's definitely fruit forward, and it has just punchy in the face with pear. Mm-hmm. You can definitely taste the alcohol. Not mad at that either. Man. Yeah. <laughs> but then it just mellows out. It's Do you really like pear, sweet at the beginning. I love pear, and so that that hit perfect. Yeah, that's really really good. See, what's weird about this one is that. I don't really taste like the general cider, like the the apple cider that you kind of think yeah, of. Yeah, I don't get any of the apple. It's pear, and then I taste... What? Oh, no, there it is. Right at, right at the end. That, the Ten seconds that, later. Yeah, nice that, that linger, it's just like... It's just all of a sudden, it's, a, it's an apple cider, and it's like a hard apple cider. Like, that's some alcohol in there. Yeah, you yeah, can taste the alcohol. It's pear, white wine. Yeah, I think... White wine, white wine, cider. Yeah. Is, is, it's really good, and I'm not a huge, like, wine fan, like I've said before. But these two that we just had are subtle enough that they don't they don't they don't torque my beanstalk. You know what I mean? I, I've never heard that expression before. <laughs> Who, what now? But before Darian I mean, explains this, Corey, I got you. you you're a fan of, of grape flavors for whatever reason, and so I got you that Concord grape from the Portland Cider Company. So I'm gonna go out on a limb and say they're from Portland. Uh, from my understanding, <laughs> that is correct. So this one's a 5.5 ABB, and how Drew was saying, they're no IBUs, they're all just delicious, no bitterness. So I was expecting it to smell more like a wine, since it's just a grape cider. But I'm I'm not get, I'm not getting any wine notes. But it, it legit just tastes like grape juice. It's just alcoholic grape juice. Alcoholic grape juice, and it's delicious. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> from what I understand out of this one, <laughs> it's so good that it's a apple cider that has been basically blended with fermented grape juice which yeah. i guess it's just wine which is weird that this one doesn't taste like wine yeah either. seriously oh, it doesn't smell like wine it doesn't taste like wine it kind of looks like wine but it's really really pink what about you mike what do you think you, you might want to take that back that's uh that's just grape juice that's it's not dangerous <laughs> did, I, the, did i just not get a, a good one here the slogan on the bottle is drink it it's good <laughs> i will be the judge of that i agree my friends <laughs> i mean truthfully there there's nothing alcoholic about it really no. i don't really even yeah there's a slight, like, acrid flavor, but really, really mellow. It's, it really does taste like grape juice. <laughs> There's a little bit of, of the apple taste, kind of like with Garyan's house, almost like a, a lingering taste on it, the, the apple. Yeah. But it's just kind of like they took and they carbonated some grape juice. Yeah, yeah I, And I like grape juice, but, but I don't I mean, I'm talk I, shit. I, no, I'm just saying, like, you know, if I could buy a bottle of grape juice for, like, a dollar, <laughs> I don't know, I'd probably just have grape juice. But you can't get drunk off regular grape juice. Truth. This is, is like cool? the, the middleman between... Actual wine and just yeah. alcoholic grape juice. Yeah, it's not like fermented over an extended period of time. It's yeah. just like, you know, they take and they make some apple cider and then they're like, hey, you know, be good in apple cider? The good part's of wine. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> For the last one, like they said, I provided my own beer. Oh, Thank ciders, you. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Ciders, my bad. When Michael, you know, talked about coming on the show the first time, he wanted sours. This time, he wanted ciders. So we provided. No, well, I provided. <laughs> I bought these beers months ago, so Michael. So Drew got some beers, and Michael got some beers, and Gary and I are just, We're just mooching. <laughs> yeah, these guys can provide the beers for the next couple of months. Um, for me, I got the Ace Pineapple Cider. It's from the California Cider Company. It's 5% ABV. Sounds about right for a cider. Yeah. Yeah, usually I look at ciders and I think probably between like 4 and 6%, which yeah. Corey Michaels is definitely in there. Yeah. Gary and I are a bit high, which is, I mean... 6.2 is not too outside the room. Yeah, I think that one, because that one is mixed with wine, it just pumps it up a little bit. Exactly. Oh, man, just smelling it, you can smell the pineapple. Let's go for it. Oh, wow. That is delicious. Definitely uh, taste that pineapple. Oh, yeah. 
It smells like pineapple. Super pineapple super sweet. Like Drew was saying, we've already had this one before, and it's so good. <laughs> this is one of my go-to ciders. I love the the art on the front. It's just a... It's just a card. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, a card. poker card. Poker card, just ace. It's uh, they've got several under the like the ace brand or whatever. Yeah, they they've do. got. I I was looking into it because I I thought the brew is ace, but it's the good god California that's Cider a, Company. That's a, they have a couple a different. melted pineapple popsicle. That yeah. is so yeah, that's what it reminds sweet. me. It's so the, the pineapple good. otter pop. Ooh, yeah, so good. Oh yeah, it's uh, honestly without sounding insult like I really like it, but it is sugary like to the point where it's more sweet than a pineapple itself would be. Yeah, it doesn't have that kind of like acidic kind of taste that pineapples have but honestly not to be like harsh on this but this is a hangover yeah that's 12 of those in a morning of regret (laughs) but honestly it's fucking good man that's why you'd have 12 of them really really sweet I think pineapple because it's so like sour and tart it it would be hard to make a cider or a beer without adding a lot of sugar into it so I think this is kind of what the best that you have, that you can do. Yeah. Because I don't think I've ever seen pineapple beers. I had a pineapple sour once. Yeah, I've, I've had pineapple sour before. And it was really tart, but it was more the, you know what I mean? It was like reminiscent of pineapple. Like yeah. The pineapple wasn't the forward flavor. It, it was a sour. Yeah, this is definitely pineapple through and through. Yeah. But. Sweet dessert pineapple, baby, Delicious. which I'm not mad at. Hell yeah. So, let's... Uh, Let's get an alternate conversation going on, huh? Oh! Let's talk about some alternative win cons. Uh, before that, we should just talk about how you win the game of Magic in general. If we're going to talk about True. how you do it in a different way, let's talk about just the normal ways we go about it. Well, I should probably be the one to tell you guys. Okay. <laughs> so often, is that what it is? Yeah. Break it down for us. Yeah, turns out winning is not as straightforward as you might think. Yeah, so rather than talking about just winning, let's just talk about how you can end a game of Magic. Yeah. So one way is you can reduce all but one player's life total to zero. So this is probably what anybody thinks about when they say win the game of magic. Yeah. You kill all your opponents. Yeah. Boom. Combat yeah. damage, burn spell, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Another one is to have no cards in the library when a player goes to draw a card. Yeah. So this is referred to as milling somebody out. Or becoming decked. <laughs> yes. Yep. Another one is having a player have ten or more total infect counters placed on them. Yep. Infect counters or poison counters. Yeah. However, you know, people want to call them. Uh, just infect win. Yeah, so a lot of people might think this is an alternate win con just because it's not yeah. a traditional way to win. But when we're talking alternate win car- cons, we're talking about things that say you win the game. Or your opponent loses the game. Yeah. Things along those lines. Sorry. So infect does not count on it's this. technically just counted in the rules. Yeah, yes. the fact, yeah, the fact that the we game. have... Like, we don't have to have a specific rule for a specific card. It's just, you know, this is a rule that an entire set really was based around. Yeah. Another one is that if a player receives 21 points of commander damage. Obviously, this is EDH specific, but, yeah. you know, we talk about EDH a lot. We play a lot. This next one, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> of if course If you can is. force your opponent to just concede. <laughs> or, just I mean, scoop. you can be the one to do it, right? No, like, sometimes never you just... happen. <laughs> But sometimes you know you've lost a game, and it's better to concede the game. Save some time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, there's definitely different times that people concede. Like some people get frustrated and concede, while others, it's like, hey, you're obviously going to win. Yeah, it's, Let's it's just the, go to the next Yeah, game. the inevitability of certain yeah. win conditions. Yeah. Let's are, save the next two turns and eight minutes of our life and move on. Um, the, so the last one we're going to talk about is game loss due to a rules violation at non-casual REL, which is rule enforcement level. And I had to bring that one up because Michael kind of, uh, the last time he was here, brought up that you know he had an opponent that ended up 
losing a game, had a game loss uh, due to rules violation, and it happens. Like, hopefully it doesn't happen often. But Yeah, I'd, I'd say this one probably happens the least out of any other ones. So. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it, not, it's not a... Let's say it's not a you know normal win condition by <laughs> exactly, any means. Yeah. It's just, it, it happens, and it'll end a game of Magic immediately. <laughs> so that's probably 90% of all the times a game of Magic is going to end. I'd say it's probably more than that, unless really? people are like, going combo and stuff With all those combined, like probably, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, you're probably right. So now let's get into the Unless weird Unless you play stuff. with Michael. <laughs> Unless you're <laughs> He's playing with Michael. bumping that percent. All right. How do we kind of circumvent the normal win counts? How do we get around these, these generic normal... Loser-ass ways to win the game? I would say that. I, I just think, how do we go above and beyond? Or how do we think outside the box? Let's go with that. We play cards that say, I win the game. Well, I think it says, you win the game. Me. <laughs> Corey. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so... What's an example? We're talking about cards like Approach of the Second Sun, Revel and Riches, Helix Pinnacle. Laboratory Maniac. Yeah, just cards that ha- literally have the text on them. You win the game. Blank, Ooh. blank, blank. You do this. You, you win the game. You fulfill the certain criteria. You win the game. Yeah, yeah. and so Approach of the Second Sun is just like a first example here. It's just the first text on it is you gain seven life. And then if you've cast Approach of the Second Sun, if this is the second time you've cast it, you win the game. And so there was a deck in standard for a while. It was kind of like the bane of standard, yeah. the blue-white approach deck. And it was built around this card. Yeah, and I think that is a lot of people's problems with alt-win cons because they sort of just end the game prematurely, don't get to finish their game. Yeah, it feels it's like, just, you, hey, yeah. I win. Yeah, for a game like Magic where the fun of, of Magic is, is playing the yeah. game, right? Like having these close games that you you know feel like... Every single time you have a close game, those are games that you remember that you're exactly. like super proud of and that like are the most fun. Like, oh man, I had this one time, I was down to one life and I came back and I won the game. And approach the second sentence, I was at 20 life, he gained seven and the next turn he drew a bunch of cards and he played it again and he won. <laughs> yeah. It's an acquired taste, man. Those alternate win cards, man. Yeah, I think looking at it as a combo piece is a really good way to think about it because mm-hmm. if I'm going to play this enchantment that's going to win me the game... Just hold up your enchantment removal right. until I play my alternate wink on, then get rid of it. Yeah, I think that's kind of why it is so frustrating, though, is that you have to have a very specific answer yeah. to a completely different kind of threat. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So like, it's just like, I don't care if you're playing that. I'm trying yeah. to kill you. Yeah, like the kind of threats that you're so used to answering. You know, like, I guess counter spells are going to be the most flexible in yeah. most cases, anyways. But, like, you're going to kill creatures, you're going to destroy artifacts and enchantments, but. You know, like to have a very specific answer needed for a very specific win con that isn't the commonplace, right? It's something that it's unconventional, right? These conventional win cons that we have, you know, Crater Hoof and like Triumph of the Hordes, things like that, that are, they creature have so based. much. Yeah, exactly. They're, yeah. they're creature based. They require kind of the setup. Whereas these alternate win cons, it's just. I guess, guys, for me personally, I think looking at like win cons, looking at it from perspective of losing to win cons, you got to realize like people have to set these win cons up. Yeah. They're playing a different form of magic. And yeah, they're basically playing a different game. Yeah. Like they're, and like you're playing on XY and they're playing on Magic like, is such a vast game. You have to figure out a new way to cancel it, yeah. which adds a new element to magic and it just opens up so many opportunities for magic, which makes it so much. Yeah more exciting in my also, opinion also a, a thing to note is that a lot of times these guys are either it's just an incidental thing that can happen in their deck which just to me seems just fun oh you got to it cool or they are 100 percent all in and if you disrupt them they have nothing else yeah. so it's like exactly they're winning on a different level but all i have to do is stop that one thing and i win <laughs> because yeah. they can't do anything else and that's yeah. kind of how a lot of i mean 
I, I think that looking at these as like an all-in combo is really a good way to look at it because for someone who plays a lot of Storm or, I mean, like the new mill deck that I built, you know, a couple months ago was strictly based on having a very specific set of cards out in order to, to do it, in order to combo right. out and in to win. And as soon as you interrupt me basically once, it's just like it takes so much time and resources to reset in order to, to make that happen again. On the complete opposite of the win the game cards, we also have these lose the game cards. Right. And they usually say your opponent loses the game. Yeah, so these are cards like Door to Nothingness, Atrata the Silencer from Ravnica Block, the yeah. new one. Uh, Nicol Bolas, Dragon God, which awesome. is, I think, not so much a problem in our format where we have commanders, you know, that are legendary creatures, but you lose the game if you don't have a legendary creature or Planeswalker, and, like, that's something that, I think, for a lot of these cards, they're kind of a looming threat that you see coming. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, and you have ways to answer them. Yeah, and a lot of these cards are just one opponent, because they're usually meant for 1v1s, so they're not as good in Commander, because just, you win the game cards... Just end the game while one opponent one opponent losing the game keeps the game going. You yeah, have to do I think it three that's times. The reason why they printed uh, Nicol Bolas Dragon God the way they did, yeah, he's because it's he's each opponent ones. loses the game that doesn't have one of the legendary permits. Yeah. And so there's also some. I mean, I like. Them. I think Corey has has some uh, some fun with these cards. They're the you lose the game cards. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> this will end a game, and it, you know, it's if not you can, for the best. <laughs> yeah, if you can make these cards and turn them to your advantage. They become a lot stronger. Uh, we've got Demonic Pack, which has four different modes on it. One of them is just, you lose the game. And on each of your upkeeps, you have to choose one of these modes. you, you got four turns to yeah. make a count. And so I think this you card... have to choose one that hasn't been chosen. Correct. Sorry, yeah, yeah that's, no that's something that has to be But you're said. probably going to lo- choose the lose the game one last. Yeah. <laughs> and so there was actually a combo Most that, of the time. that <laughs> I really enjoyed. Of the game. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but it was using Demonic Pact and using the card Harmless Offering. And so Harmless Offering allows you to give one of your permanents to another player and so you use demonic pact until you choose each of the three modes and then the game state sees that those modes have been chosen already and then you give your opponent demonic pact using harmless offering and then they have to choose you lose the game and so it's just a cool way to kill somebody (laughs) messed up that's Um, one that'll earn you some salt yeah they kind of they kind of recreated that one with the captive audience Oh yeah, you're yeah. right. Instead of having yep, to you use, just give it to an you opponent, just automatically give it to him. And yeah, it's a mean card. <laughs> yeah, it's. A, I mean, it's a, definitely a Rakdos type deal. Oh yeah. Uh, we also have cards like Final Fortune. Take an extra turn, you lose the game at the end of the shoot your shot. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then we have the Pact Cycle, which Demonic Pact is not part of that Pact Cycle, but it fits that theme. Um, and so we've got the one I think that probably everybody who plays Magic and knows about counter spells, Pact of Negation. It's a zero drop counter spell, but you have to pay. Five mana, three blue blue, or you lose the game at the beginning of your next upkeep. You have to play that on your upkeep or you lose the game. So these are not, this is not at all an exhaustive list of alternate win Oh, cards. by all means, no. If you go no. through all of the cards in Magic, there are several others, but these are some of the, you know, the main, the really popular ones at the moment, and, probably. Yeah, I think that, like, these, these ones we've listed are popular, but I tried to hide some of the other ones that are popular. Just because we brought Michael on because he is kind of our aficionado of alternate win cons. He plays more more of them than I think anyone else that I know. Yeah. He's he's the godfather. He's the first to use them in the group <laughs> to any sort of effectiveness. <laughs> I just got tired of winning the original way. <laughs> oh, bullshit. Yeah, I got gone. tired yeah. of losing. Yeah. <laughs> this is the only way you could win. But the the card that always like brings me back is the first one that you played in our play group. 
which was Phage the Untouchable. Oh, man, Phage. She's my girl. I'm getting PTSD. Good God. Three, black, black, <laughs> black, black. <laughs> uh, so Phage the Untouchable, like Garion said, was three, black, 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 black. Uh, when Phage enters the battlefield, if you didn't cast it from your hand, you lose the game. No graveyard recursion. Yeah. That's that's one of those lose the game cards. <laughs> I like to risk. It'll lose the game. When Phage deals combat damage to a creature, destroy that creature. It can't be regenerated. So this is kind of an offshoot of Death Touch. Yeah, it's old school Death Touch. Yeah. And the last part, my favorite part, <laughs> when Phage deals combat damage to a player, that player loses the game. Right. So remember that Michael was the first player in our playgroup really to utilize removal so <laughs> if he could kill your creature and he had phage you're probably dead everybody else is just like how do i do with this <laughs> no most of the time when i put her out i was instantly the target so 100%. i mean you put a card like this out and it's i mean it's scary makes sense it though. was basically play a creature or die yeah. and whoever didn't play a creature lost <laughs> yeah it was basically like, hey everyone needs to attack Michael, otherwise we're all going to lose. Yeah, because yeah, because he would he could only make one person lose, and the other two people would, would target him. Yeah, so <laughs> kind of kind of break down like why did you like what made you play Fate? What made you bring that into our playgroup? Uh, it's gross. <laughs> like I said, I was just looking at alternate ways to win. I saw this card and I was like, oh, that's a real douchey card. <laughs> Let's throw it in a deck. Let's throw it in a deck where we can give it unblockable. A lot of creature removal. I and that was, uh, I think you started playing board wipes in that deck too, right? Right? Wasn't that your Garrick the or whatever the? Yes. Isn't that the deck you started playing in Garrick's Wake? Yeah. Was this a commander deck? No. No. Was, this uh, is one of our janky modern decks. Modern. So he ran is, four copies of uh, Everflowing Chalice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so like he would ramp, and you know like it was a multiplayer game, and like we'd play with like six people, so there were slow games, and there oh, you know yeah. a lot going on in those games, and so. You could get to like six, eight, ten mana, and that, that wasn't unreasonable. You just had to play conservative. Didn't let don't let people know that you're the enemy. Yeah, just exactly. Be like act everyone's friend. All of a sudden, you throw out phage and, and everyone's turns. Like, Here we go. Yeah, and then put aqueous form on it and just kill people. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Wow, you did." <laughs> yeah, I thought we we're friends. It's all about backstabbing, guys. That's that's the key. That's no, glorious. It's all about politics, not backstabbing. Ooh, there's a difference. You don't break the deals. You just make the good deals. Yeah, I mean that that's true. Well, before we continue on this topic, because I asked Michael to to give me his top five, uh, one of them, I mean not not one that I'm keen to to, to talk about here, uh, but <laughs> before we get to all that. We got these beautiful ciders, right? I mean, Woo. beautiful as in, like, the color on them is fantastic. The taste is wonderful. Michael just topped his off there. Corey is suggesting here that Michael do a little mixer. It's Ooh. delicious. It's grape juice. I love it. Are you saying we mix this? Pineapple and grape, bro. Ooh, I, I ain't afraid. Oh, God. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, <laughs> no. Not a good uh, move? It smells like pineapple, and the pineapple kicks you in the teeth at the beginning. Oh, and I thought then, you, and then you smelled it. I thought you were going to pass it. As soon as I smell it, like I know it's not going to taste like it smells. It's like no. sour grape now. Like It's not good grape. <laughs> well, I actually like that. I don't. I don't. It's kind of like eating like a... Uh, I miss my pineapple one. <laughs> <laughs> like... Uh, those like chewy yeah. vitamins. I like it. I it do does. not. It tastes like a candy, like a yeah. grape candy. Ooh, God, what candy do you eat? All right. So, Michael, you had the Ace Pineapple Cider from the California Cider Company. 
How's it treating you? It's delicious. I definitely recommend it. It's definitely one I'm going to get again. Pre-mixed, yeah. so not post. Before I mix it, of <laughs> yeah. course. So yeah. don't, don't mix add it. grape. Yeah, as as Corey and I have said, this is one that he and I like. This was a kind of, yeah. this was actually just our go-to cider it for really a was. long time. Yeah, we just get six pack of six yeah. packs of it. All it's the just time. such a, a drinkable thing. Great on you know a nice summer day, summer evening, uh, winter, fall, spring. Am I missing anything here? I feel like Gary kind of nailed it. With the, it tastes like popsicle. Like, yeah. Melted like, popsicle. Yeah. It reminds me of like an otter pop that they're just like, hey, what happens if we throw alcohol in here? <laughs> but you don't taste the alcohol. No, it's you really don't. For, for 5%, like, I mean, granted, we've been stuck in Utah for a while and our alcohol senses are heightened because of it. So don't mix it with the Concord grape, but alone, how was yours, Corey? Concord grape, 10 out of 10. I love grape juice. I love grape soda. I love real grape flavored and artificial grape flavor <laughs> for yeah. some weird reason. Like if you just take apple cider and you throw in grape juice, like the grape juice seems to overwhelm it. Yeah, this is definitely just grape juice. Like it just tastes like grape juice. So I love it. So Drew, you had that uh, blackberry cider. How's that treating you? Well, for 6.2, it does not taste like a 6.2. Uh, it's fucking delicious. I'll tell you that much. Uh, 100%. Northwest Youth Gary is gesturing to steal my glass here. Uh, yeah, you've barely drank any of that, man. Honestly, You're I'm shaving this one. Because, like, one, the the flavor just lingers on your tongue for so long that one sip lasts for, like, ten minutes. It's fantastic. Yours is powerful. It's, I don't want to call it thick like a malt beer, but it lingers like it's thick yeah. like a malt beer. Yeah. Honestly, it just coats the tongue with... I'm going to go out of limb and say that this is my favorite cider that I've had. And that includes all of the ones here. The ones we have here are fantastic. I I love the pineapple cider. Uh, the Portland cider, the Concord grape there, has been very good. It's enjoyable. But the blackberry cider here is it's incredible. Like I knew as soon as I saw the label for this one. One, it's from Bend, one of my favorite cities in Oregon. I love Deschutes and everything that Bend has has to offer. Basically, Sun River Brewing and everything else that I've seen there. But this is the blackberry is just so strong. It's just like if you. Speaking of Oregon, if you go to, to the Tillamook factory, you should, by the way, which you should, go yeah. to the creamery. They have all of their yogurts and stuff. And if you get their blackberry yogurt, this is exactly what it tastes like. It just punches you in the face with blackberry. Yeah, that one's just sweet and delicious, delectable. Love it. Yeah. So, Gary, and you had the pear one, right? Yep. So it's pear. A dice, P-E-A-R, uh, Imperial Getaway by Two Towns Cider House. It's pears, apples, and grape wine. And to be honest with you, I, I taste the wine, but it's so subtle. I, I mean, I'm, I'm totally cool with it. I, I'm not a wine guy, but the, the, the drink as a whole was... My own thing is, why do they have to say grape wine? Yeah, <laughs> Isn't that just wine? Like, so why, why not say white wine? That's, I was like looking <laughs> things up about it. I was like, this is just wine, guys. This yeah. isn't a cider. And they're like, no, no, it's... The, the smell is straight up just 100% wine. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say I agree with Drew. I think the blackberry is number one on my list. I really like the pear next. Um, the pineapple was really good. It was very sweet. Uh, so it's you know quote unquote a bitch beer, but I would drink that shit all day. Honestly, my least favorite one was the I'm grape. Talking like, shit, I'm like grape, I, I, and I love grape, but it's just it kind of tastes like just a grape soda. Like I don't taste any alcohol. I don't really taste any complexity of flavor. It's just grape well, juice. The thing is that. I don't see that as a problem. Yeah. No. I also don't see that as a problem, but I get it. Yeah. When comparing it to all these delicious flavors. Yeah. The pineapple cider is something that I'm going to be able to go back to time and time again. I can't get the rest of these 
often, right? Yeah. But the the Ace Pineapple Cider there is something I see often and something that, you know, I've had many, many times in the past. And it's something that I'll always be able to go back to. And for that reason, you know, I'm kind of putting it at the bottom of my list because it's it's not new. It's just something I've had before. But it doesn't mean it's not delicious. Exactly, yeah. Like, it is something that I will continue to go back to. This Blackberry one, it's, it's too good. Yeah, mix and match if you're feeling crazy. We're trying to stumble onto some greatness, but so far we're getting some hit and misses. <laughs> I don't know if I should feel so bold, but I would. I personally would say that ciders are the first place you should start mixing because it seems like they have the most palatable flavors to swip and swap as far as alcoholic beverages. Yeah, because I think I agree. you know you start mixing with like an IPA or something like that, that like the the broader ends of the spectrum for beer yeah. and. You just one of those beers is just going to overpower the other. Like you can't just mix like complex flavors. Yeah, you can't just mix a lager into an IPA or a stout or anything like that. Yeah, a chocolate stout with a double IPA, it might be amazing or it might be the worst thing ever. <laughs> like shout outs to those who like guys who figure out that you can mix certain yeah. beers and like make it work. Taking one know, for the team, whether it's like the guys. Let's be honest now though, you can mix anything if you're drunk enough. It's all going to taste like water <laughs> in the long run. So true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's like. Uh, I think it was Loading Ready Run. They had a couple guys on, and they were talking about Margaritaville. And he's like, where is Margaritaville? And they're just like, well, anywhere's Margaritaville if you're drunk enough. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, you know, if that, if that gets you there, you know, have fun. So, we've thoroughly enjoyed these beers. Most of them are nearly gone. Pretty For the close. last gonna... time, they're not beers. Oh, you're right. I'm, so, I'm so used beverages. to beers. These ciders are nearly gone. I'm leaving a little bit to mix. I want to try the pear and the blackberry. But we'll get there eventually. But before we do, let's talk. Uh, let's let's really involve Michael in the conversation. Okay, yeah, Michael, you've been a little too quiet. All right. Oh boy. Oh so boy. the first one, like I was trying to figure out what to say for each of these, and I had really good ones for all these other ones. And then the number five that you have on here, all I could think was just you naughty boy. You're playing banned cards in EDH. So we asked <laughs> Michael this top five win cons. His first one, Coalition Victory. It's not his number one, but. You know, it's it's on I guess the list. Number five. Yeah. Top of the list. Or bottom of the list? I don't know. Depending Depends on, on which one you read it. Yeah. yeah. It's top of our so, list. Coalition Victory. Michael, will you read it out for us? <laughs> Coalition Victory. It's a three, a white, a blue, a black, a red, and a green. Uh, it's sorcery. Uh, you win the game if you control a land of each basic land type and a creature of each color. Guys, okay, to start off with, That's, I didn't know it was banned. Cheater. That's what they all say. Cheater. I never look at the banned list. <laughs> I, mean, I don't play competitive. We haven't done an episode about the ban list, so nobody really knows our feelings, but that's 10 different permanents. Let's just... It's it's not. Because well, it works... That's true. You could have multicolor. It works you for dual lands. it's 10 different <laughs> So, Michael, tell but us what... it's like four. <laughs> tell us what deck you played it in. And this, this answer is kind of one of those questions. Right. So, I played in the Reaper King deck, which is five-color deck. So, what is the Reaper King? Uh, so, the Reaper King, you can pay one of each color or... Two split costs. Or how so, the fuck do you say so basically, <laughs> it's it's five split cost mana. You can either pay Wooberg or ten generic, yes, or any combination therein. Yeah. Like you could pay, yeah. you know, blue, red, green, and then also four mana. And yeah, I think hopefully you're looking on YouTube. Seeing the card kind of explains it. It's a super weird cost though. Yeah, but it's a legendary artifact creature, Scarecrow. It says, other Scarecrow creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever another Scarecrow comes into play under your control, destroy target permanent. Yeah, so it's removal on a stick, 
Plus, if you're building a Scarecrow deck, like all the synergy is in there. Any you know, removal. I it's like a it. five-color deck, which, I mean, I love five-color decks because they're a lot of fun. They let you do whatever the hell you want, especially if you're doing tribal, you know, that's exceptional. And They've so, printed a few more Scarecrows here in the last few sets, so it's getting there. Uh, it, it will never be there. <laughs> it will, never, it will be never be there, but people play but changelings. changelings. Yeah. And, and we'll get to that. So hold hold those thoughts. Time we'll out. There. So, Michael, you said, you told me that you played this deck... <laughs> A couple times before you even knew that Coalition Victory was banned. Yeah, I didn't get told until someone texted me saying, hey, all your wins are forfeited because that's a banned card. So you have one with this card? Yes. Once. Just once? Just once. I mean, Still so how, how did you go about, how did you win? So the easiest way is get the Reaper King out, obviously. That fills the, the creature, uh, whatever. Uh, this another way is just ramp. You just every time you ramp, you put a different color land, basic land out. You cast Coalition Victory, and you win. It's, it's met. You just yeah. have to cast it, and if you fill, fill all requirements, you win the game. Yeah, and if you know you're fortunate enough to have like dual lands and things like that, yeah. then it's so easy to get there. You okay. literally need three lands and the Reaper King if you have dual lands, and you're there. Super easy. But like Michael said, if you're ramping, you know, you're, you're doing everything you can to get there. And yeah. then Reaper King, I mean, eight mana, you've already ramped to get different colors. You're probably there. Michael's just smugly smiling over there. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. My yeah. plan win the game. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's talk about legal cards that you've done. Uh, you're number four. Right. We've got the new kid on the block. We've got Temsis All Seeing. Michael. So it's three blue, blue, blue. It's a legendary creature sphinx. It's flying. You can pay two and a blue and tap it, draw two cards, then discard a card. It reads, whenever Atempsis All-Seeing deals damage to an opponent, you may reveal your hand. If cards with at least six different converted mana costs are revealed this way, that player loses the game. So just real quick, I want to shout out Michael, because he's actually reading cards really well. And that's something that, as we've learned, is kind of difficult to <laughs> yeah. do consistently well. <laughs> yeah. So Also, this is one that has a, a significantly different setup. Yes. So it's interesting. So what deck is this in? So I'm actually building a commander deck of this. So hold on. This is the deck that you and I were talking about. We were going to try and make the Sphinx Tribal, right? Sphinx Tribal, yes. And is that that's still the plan? Or are you going to... Uh, Yeah, I think, I, I, I think I'm still going to go the whole Sphinx Tribal. But also just have a Tempsis as a win con? Yeah. So is this mono blue? Mono blue Sphinx aggro. aggro. Yeah. Yeah. So my question <laughs> never, is, as far I as like, ever say that. yeah, right? No kidding. <laughs> but my question is, do you think that having your win condition in the command zone so obvious is something that is worrisome to you as a as a player, or is it just like deal with it? I like I said, I think it's one of those where you just have to deal with it. You have to change, make people change their strategies to deal with it, make it harder for other people to win the game for themselves. I think I mean, that's the epitome of alternate win counts right there. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's like, hey, with it. you but, see my win count, I'm right. about to win. But it's just like, for, do something about yeah, it. For a player, like that's something that, an alternate win count on its own is something I have to answer once, generally, in Commander. But right. you have it in your command zone, so they see it immediately, mm-hmm. right? They know what's coming. And then they also have to answer potentially like multiple times. Luckily, Atensis is like six mana. Yeah. So, you know, it's not something that you're going to be able to cast probably a few times. But like, I don't know, it just seems... Not necessarily like fragile, but just like something that players are going to know that that it's coming. So, do you have ways to combat? Like, what kind of cards do you have in the deck? Uh, for me, it just it's all about protecting him, 
making sure they stay the the creature stays alive. So it's definitely a lot of counter spells, a lot of draw magic to make sure you have those cards in your hand of different converted mana costs. Yeah, definitely. So have you actually got to play with this card? Because this is a new card from M20. I have. So I did a pre-release. I didn't get it in the pre-release, but I played against someone that did, and they were they they revealed their hands, but they were they didn't realize they were one away from oh. having it. So they had five <laughs> instead of six? Yeah, uh, and so I, w- I, was, I had the Chandra out there, and I had three of the counters that do one damage at the upkeep. Oh, the emblems? Yeah. And so he had one turn to survive, and he thought he had it, attacked with the Tempsis. I didn't have any flyers. He revealed his hands, misread the card. If he would have just drew a couple more cards, which he, he could have, he had the mana open, had the cards that could have had him draw the cards, he would have won the game, or made me lose the game. Right. But uh, it's... Damn. I mean, even in, like I said, in just this uh, limited format. It has potential, for it sure. It has potential. Yeah, I, I think just like the, a six-mana 5-5 five, five flyer or whatever he is there that can just beat down is kind of a threat on his own. Yeah, I mean, he's really good. I just think the the alternate one count is sort of hard to do, which is why people might be like, oh, that's not going to happen. Yeah. But mono blue, but, but if it's drawn mono blue, cards, yeah, drawing, it's, top deck it's manipulation. It's going to happen. <laughs> uh, like things like Sensei's Divining Top or anything along those exactly, lines. Exactly, yeah. Um, Ouroboro, Palace in the Sky, or Palace in the Clouds, whatever it is, the, the land that lets you bounce to your hand, that just gives you a zero drop in your hand, right? Yeah. Like There's so many ways to go about making this happen that, honestly, I... I'm kind of interested to see, because we talked about making it a Sphinx tribal deck, which I think will be fun in and of itself. Yeah, Sphinx. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but just having that win con. Like, I'm excited to see how this deck ends up. Also, I have it in another one of my commander decks, just in the deck itself. I have it in my Niv-Mizzic deck. Have you seen success, or like, have you gotten close to the win con on it? I've actually ha- never had the opportunity to play it, but I feel like it's going to do a lot of success, because with Niv-Mizzic, I'm always wheeling through my hands, drawing tons of cards. So Yeah, that does make And I have a lot sense. of unlimited hand size so right. my hand sizes are always 10 plus cards fair enough on a good game and so just need to swing and do some damage and hitting six should be pretty easy yeah so let's go down to number three which is a it's one of the newer cards in that it's printed m19 it's a card that i think would be a ton of fun to build around uh just playing with it in like standard environments on arena it it is fun yeah but- Michael, this is surprisingly good in an unexpected deck. When you were talking about the deck that you have it in, I kind of question why it was was here, but your reasoning is, is solid. So we're talking about the card Liliana's Contract. So it's three black black for an enchantment. When Liliana's Contract enters the battlefield, you draw four cards and you lose four life. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control four or more demons with different names, you win the game. Right, so this card on its own, for me, it's an enchantment. It draws you card, lose you life. I love everything about this card. Oh yeah, it's like it's, it's pretty good. A it's a pretty card. good card draw. And randomly, out of nowhere, you can win the game. So, yep. <laughs> Michael, what deck is this in? So this deck, this card is actually in Reaper King as well. What the fuck? <laughs> so Corey kind of touched on this. The Reaper King deck gets so much better when you use Changelings. And you said that you have how many Changelings in that deck? Oh, most of the creatures in there are Changelings. And Changelings have the shapeshifter ability where they're all creature types so they are in fact demons and, and in commander you can only have one of each so it's not like double up wherever them. you can right yeah it's super easy because i don't play much scarecrows because scarecrows suck yeah, yeah there's like the ones that are good. very very good and yeah. then the rest of them are there's like mid-tier low yeah. there i was gonna say there's some that are actively really fucking bad yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i would never play that anything. well changelings are usually just vanilla just ooh, I'm, i don't really do a lot but i'm every creature type so that's yeah. good enough yeah that's why i put it in the deck just for the changelings because 
I always have changelings out, and so it fits the the whatever I need for Liliana's contract to win the game. Let's so, say like just in a normal board, so how many changelings do you think you have out, out there to actually like make Liliana's contract work? Like, is it something that's consistent, or is it just like? You're hoping to get there. Uh, as far as like, are you asking how many creatures like of the changelings I have? Yeah, now? how many? Like how many? How many demons? Yeah, but like know? turn five or six when you're able to play Liliana's contract. Oh, I could have anywhere from two to four easily, three to five maybe. So depending depending the the draw I get and whatnot, guaranteeing I have at least two. By the time, no, guaranteeing at least three at that point. Yeah, so you just need one more. If you, if you keep win. ramping and then Liliana's contract track draws you cards so it'll probably draw you some more changelings to keep playing that's the thing with reaper king you gotta i'm always ramping to try to get the colors i need so i'm gonna have all that mana to be able to play my creature spells and yeah. it, i think that's why lillian's contract really like Corey was saying is, is has the potential to just be good on its own is because yeah. it draws you the cards that you potentially need to get in there yeah i think it's only good in mono black demon decks which are really high costed or as michael does Weird ass chain five scarecrow decks. Yeah. <laughs> five color scarecrow scribal <laughs> slash changeling. Dude, I thought it was so weird because I wanted to do five color. I go look up some five color. All these good five color decks, and I was like, you know what? Reaper King looks cool. I'm gonna look up scarecrows. Looked up scarecrows, hated it. They all suck. Thought about it for a while. Talked to Corey immediately. You gotta talk to Michael. He's got one hell of a scarecrow See, deck. I would make Reaper King way different than how Michael mm-hmm. made Reaper King. Because I would make a land destruction deck. <laughs> of course you would. Yeah, yeah. That's and why he you makes an alternate right. wincon deck, which is why I told Gary to go see Michael and not <laughs> tell him to make I a I mean, land the first five deck. cards, I was like, hey, Michael, what do you think? Like, what what would you consider to be auto includes in a Reaper King deck? Like, if I was going to start, where, where would you go? The first, no, the first the five were super weird. Like, hey, this changeling or this, you know, this card works exceptionally well with all the types, all colors, or you know what I mean? Like it was very broad stroke. Coalition victory. <laughs> yeah, I have a note of it somewhere, and I was just like, God damn, you're thinking outside the box. Like, <laughs> you were weird. I, that's the reason why Michael plays the alternate win concert, the reason why he's on the show. That's why he was on the show last time, is because he does think outside the box. Yep. He doesn't play normal that's why magic. He made it to day two, y'all. Playing <laughs> ninjutsu. Weird so, stuff. So let's move on to number two, right? The classic, the, the hated. OG. I mean, I don't know if it's OG, but as I far mean, as like, there's a there's a strategy built around this guy. I I have him in a deck. I threw it in just because you know accidentally I can win with it. Right. Michael, you've got it in because again, basically you accidentally win with it, right? So we're talking about Laboratory Maniac or Lab Man. Yeah, it's one of those cards that gets suggested fairly often in any draw more mill more deck. Like talking about uh, a self mill graveyard deck. Most people, if blue is included in the colors, people are saying, oh, yeah, you should throw a lab man in just in case. Right. So Laboratory Maniac is two and a blue for a human wizard 2-2. Two, two. And if you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it, you win the game instead. So instead of milling yourself out, you try and mill as hard as you can and you win the game. So this is the only time this effect has ever been printed except for the Jace from War of the Spark. Which, which is a planeswalker. Which is a planeswalker who effectively has the lab man clause yeah i think that him, everyone yeah. refers to it as like lab man jace right yeah. now like which it makes sense like lab man was kind of a boogeyman in a couple formats for a while because of what you can do with it and so uh, i think that lab man was the boogeyman because of 
this, its association with combo. I think so many oh, yeah. different He's, combo strategies. He is a combo. Was there. Oh, yeah. And I mean, he is in my combo deck, right? Yeah. And it's because I can draw so many cards and I accidentally mill myself sometimes. And that kind of ties in. Michael, what deck have you got in there? Uh, so I have him in my Niv-Mizzet per- Perrin, however Perrin. the hell you say <laughs> Niv-Mizzet Perrin. Um, Perrin. It's only an alternate win in that. Like, I don't build up to win it, but right. if it happens, hell yeah, I'm going to do it. So what is the deck built around? Like, you kind of mentioned before a little bit, but what is what, what are you trying to do with Niv? Uh, so for Niv-Mizzet, I'll read him. Uh, he's a blue, 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 red, red, red. Nice. <laughs> so six mana. All of which All have colors. Hard yes. casting. So three pips. blue and three red. <laughs> yes. So just before you read it, Gary and your brother Sean has a deck built around Nib. Extreme budget. <laughs> I have never been able to cast it because I always have too much of one color <laughs> and never the other. I've played the deck like four times. The, the I hate two that. worst colors for ramp. <laughs> True. Uh, so Nib Mizzet, he's a legendary creature, Dragon Wizard. Uh, love uh, me some wizards. Uh, this spell can't be countered. Tight. Flying. 5-5. Five, five. Whenever you draw a card, Niv-Mizzet deals one damage to any target. Whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery spell, you draw a card. So this guy's different from the other Niv-Mizzets because he allows you to draw cards off what other people are doing, not just what you're doing. Because a lot of the other ones are just whenever you draw a card or tap him to draw a card, then he does damage and shit like that. Yeah, so this guy has the potential just to go infinite pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, I think, three different ways. we were As we were looking through the deck, there's three different ways to infinite with Niv-Mizzet. Yeah, you've got Great. Curiosity, which is kind of the one that everyone Yeah, it is the about. standard two-card combo. There's Curiosity, uh, Ophidian Eyes, and Tandem Lookout, I think, is yep. the, yeah, he's the third the last one. one. Yeah, Soulbond. Soulbond. And they say whenever this creature deals damage to an opponent, draw a card. So... So you shoot somebody with Nimbizit, draw a card, which allows you to shoot another opponent with damage to draw another card. So you just shoot people, draw your deck. Well, goddamn. Yep. But Sounds like an alt win to me. The, the thing with that one is there's not enough cards to shoot enough people. So that's why Lab Man's in there. Because when I run out of cards to draw, I just play the Lab Man down, ping someone else, go to draw a card, win the game. Yeah, so a lot of these Nimbizit decks have ways to shuffle your deck in before you draw cards. If you don't have Lab Man and just keep the damage going. Right. But if you have Lab Man, you just got to draw your deck and then you elixir. just go. Yeah, you just yeah. machine gun down two opponents and then the last one you win with. Exactly, yeah. You don't really care. So I know you've all been suspensefully waiting for the mix of the Blackberry and the Pear. I'm a fan. The Black Bear. Black Paradise, Bear. to me, overpowers the Blackberry, which I'm upset that I even let you do it. It just seems like Come a waste on. of Blackberry cider. No, that's good. No, I think it's a good mix. I like it. Yeah. It's like a Blackberry wine. Exactly, yeah. Ooh. Well played, my friend. <laughs> Thank you, sir. So let's move on to the number one alternate win con that Michael gave us. So this is the card it's that Mike... Yeah, this is the card that everyone knows Michael for yeah. in our play group. It's... I guess for us, it's just like when you th- when you see this card, you just you think of Michael, right? Like Corey, I mean, you, you and I've been playing the longest with Michael, and it's it, it's it's just Michael, right? Like <laughs> so, this card, I I've I've got a story for this card, but it is Felidar Sovereign. Michael, you want to read the card? Uh, Felidar Sovereign. Uh, it's four white white for a creature cat beast. It's got vigilance, lifelink. It's a four six. It reads, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have 40 or more life, you win the game. And this says 40 or more. 
It should just say more than 40. Like, make you gain one. Like, have <laughs> one little fucking speed Easy. bump. Come on now. All right. So, Michael, what deck do you play this in? Oh, I play this in my favorite, Aloro. Right. Aloro. This is one that we talked about on the Commander 2013 episodes. Yep. Uh, it's one of the best decks that I think has been in the Commander pre-cons. It's just solid, especially when you amp it up. And, Michael, you have... You've touched this up a little bit. So what does Aloro do, first off? So Aloro, uh, it's a three white, blue, black. It's a legendary creature, giant soldier, four or five. It reads, at the beginning of your upkeep, you gain two life. Whenever you gain life, you may pay one. If you do, draw a card and each opponent loses one life. This is my favorite part. At the beginning of your upkeep, if Aloro is in the command zone, you gain two life. So doesn't matter where Loro is on the battlefield or in the command zone, you're going to gain two life. Yes, yeah, so pseudo eminence. Yeah, I was about to say this is sort of the precursor to the eminence ability that they released with the tribal commanders in 2017. But this deck is just all about life gain and it's passive like life gain, so you can't even do anything about it, which <laughs> yeah. is the worst part. <laughs> like basically the best part. Yeah, when you see this, you have to just look at the player and they start at 42. And yep. then 44, it's 46, gonna, it's 40. It's just incremental value is the name of the game, and the value you can get out of this deck is pretty high. You said this is your favorite deck. Oh, oh yeah, easy. So this was my very first commander deck that I ever bought. I bought at the pre-con that you guys talked about, and I wanted to make it a life gain deck, so I just went and found as many cards as I can to gain me as much life as possible. And I came across Cross Felidar Sovereign, and I thought... Man, 40 life in Commander? I'm gaining a shit ton of life? You're like, why wouldn't I put this Why in? would you not put this in the deck? Yeah. And it's won me several games because it's so easy to win with it. Yeah, especially in Laurel. And on its own, like, it's got Vigilance, which is a nice defensive ability, especially in Commander, but also just the lifelink on it is... It's his value. It's going to win the game it on just, its it own. It feeds like, into itself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just, we like, it's, it's really slow, but it just... You'll get there in that deck. Yeah. One of my very favorite magic memories with Michael, that should be a segment, is... <laughs> magic memories? We're playing four-player janky modern decks in my basement... And many moons ago. Men is so long. Oh my I think God. I was playing Rurk Thar Gruel. <laughs> I know um I think you were playing Selesnia Bronzebeak Moa oh, Life uh, Gain Garbage. Gonna go. <laughs> I think Drew, you might have been playing either Dredge or Vampires. And then I can't even remember the fourth person was that was there. <laughs> but Michael liked to play a lot of fog effects. Yeah. Pocket Fog. <laughs> and so we, we named Fog Effects the Pocket Fog because Michael always bust him out when no you were least expecting it. Yeah, just the pocket sand, but pocket fog. Exactly. And his very, very favorite one was a riot control. Oh, which is two right. and white for an instant. <sighs> you gain one life for each creature your opponents control, prevent all damage that we be dealt this turn. Yeah, that was definitely my vampire deck because that was the one I was popping off. I don't yeah. know, I think I have the Soren out. And I was just making tons and tons of tokens. Exactly, you and were going so hard. I was, I was, I probably was probably swinging at Michael, and he just pops out riot control and just gains a billion life. Yeah, so he's playing fogs, stopping anything that anybody can do because we're both playing. He's playing Orzov aggro vampires. I'm playing Gruul Rurkthar aggro. So of course we're just which, swinging which is a creature deck. Yeah, and he's just playing fogs, and then he plays um, Felidar Sovereign. He's already at a ton of life. He 
<laughs> I I still remember it too, because as soon as he plays that, everyone reads the card. We're like, "What the fuck, Michael?" <laughs> yeah, because like and the, the thing he is, he immediately becomes a target. Yeah, because the pocket fog was kind of like a joke for a while because you had it in one of your green blue decks. And yeah, because like, it, it doesn't yeah. help you win; it just stops, stops the you game. from losing. Yeah, and so like for a while, I was like. If someone was gonna die, it was just like Mike got the pocket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, dude, you got yeah, just, help me, help me, help me. I was like, I'll help you later. Uh, but then all of a sudden, just like I, it was probably me who was winging it because I had that, that vampire deck. I think that was the time that I, the only time that that deck popped off, and I was just going nuts. And out of nowhere, it's just like nothing happened. Michael has like a billion life, and everyone's just like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> yeah, I remember specifically. He plays Felidar Sovereign, and then he has a bunch of open mana still past the turn. Everybody swings at him, and then we get... Because trying to get his life total down below. Yeah, we got to get him down be- before 40, or below 40, before he gets to next his his un- upkeep. And then I'm like, guys, I think I can do it. And then, because he's down to like 46 or something, so I swing with everything at him. And then he just riot controls, and I'm just like, well, I thought I could do it. <laughs> I tried. He gains an asshole to life, and prevents all the combat damage, and then I was like... Well, I'm I'll, tapped I'll, out. So I tried. Pass the I turn, tried, and yeah. then Michael, he's like, "Well, I'll go to my upkeep, and then I'll win." And <laughs> this is way, way back when nobody played removal. We had no answers, and he's, and we just picked up our cards, and was like, "Okay." It was the start of something beautiful, boys. <laughs> there was probably some salt. It's it's oh, stuck in my mind all these salt. years. <laughs> as soon as he played that card, everyone's like, "Okay, no, no." Michael's the target. Forget everything we ever did all this game. Get Michael. The thing was, I was playing a <laughs> shitty deck. All of us were. The yeah. Bronzebeak deck was the worst deck out of all of them. It definitely, really, yeah, it, it was, really it was the meme deck for sure. But the thing is that like with that deck, as soon as you played that, everyone was just like, wait, he's just been fogging the entire like he hasn't lost any life. He's probably gained life. And it was just like Fuck. Right. <laughs> it all started with, how much is your life at? Yeah. <laughs> uh, doesn't matter. Yeah. So, so do you guys have any favorite win cons, alt win cons? I, think I definitely do. My my favorite one is just Revel and Riches, just because like you board wipe and you can win the game off of it. But yeah. like I like to play it in my, I mean, surprise, surprise, I play in enchantment decks. Of course. Right. Yep. That's, I mean, that's what I do. It As is really one good. would. Yeah. But like just to have that and to have either just board wipe or just you know removal spells just your opponents doing normal shit uh, it i mean in my daxos deck it helps just because i need the ramp i need you know sometimes i don't care about using it as an alternate win con sometimes it's just a value card but generating the the tokens can all of a sudden just well i've got nine so like i'm making giant creatures swing at me i will block with everything and i will win the game exactly it's yeah. not it's not like it's a glorified win but Sometimes it's a lot easier to kill things than to try and build stuff up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to be honest with with you, the alternate win cons I've never really dabbled with as far as like my actual playing. I like alternate play styles, like you know, like graveyard recursion. I like delve and convoke and different dredge strategies. and all, yeah, all the different kind of like ways to play the game. But I don't think I've ever actually cast an alternate win card. And that, my friend, is why you probably never won a game. Ouch. Love you, dude. Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, they and, sound no, cool. I mean, realistically, Gary wins games because I play my mill deck and then he plays his self-mill deck. So whenever I mill him, it just wins. Michael, you're very almost opposite of that. Like, you try and find the most eccentric and weird way to win. And then it's just like, how do I make this work? Like, this is cool. And I love it. 
but how do I make it work? Jank. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, That's the way to like, do it. I don't know. You've got several decks, but some of them are just like legitimately just like, wait, what this deck f- is one? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, my God, are you playing? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, bro, you've been sitting around. You but wait, when I pop off. I feel like that. That's just the Michael strategy, like the, yeah. the style that you have, like what you bring to. The One of my favorite Michael stories is when he, oh, Michael stories round two. He played a Tight. double damage deck, so it was like Furnace yeah. of Wrath Anger, or Dictated Twin Gods, like all of those oh, yeah. effects, and he was it earthquaked. Yeah. To try and kill everybody, and the only person he ever killed was himself. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, he killed himself, and then all of us kept playing. Yeah, like, <laughs> he, like, he scooped up his cards and sat sad, and then yeah. went home. I remember, I remember that deck. It was funny because like everyone, like because you were super proud of that deck. You came in, you were yeah. just like, guys, you all right, were so, so look excited because you thought you could yeah. kill everybody. Like, I was like, because I dictated the Twin Gods has been my turn and burn deck and I was like hell yeah this card is sweet and you're like yeah I got this card and I got Furnace of Wrath and like you get both of those out and it's just like everyone's like kill him now please yep I do I shock you for was eight. it just just incorrect math is that what happened yeah I was pr- I don't know yeah <laughs> definitely exactly what it was he like he didn't add enough mana I but you know what that's games. very Rakdos shoot your shot and see what happens fuck it I don't know that I've actually ever played a commander deck with you. You guys have all done your I don't sort of play have. group as the younger gentleman after I moved to LA. We gotta we gotta jam some games, bro. That sounds as long nice. as I don't fucking lose, it fell at our side. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I'm cool with it at this point. We mentioned it on the cast. Let's let's do it. Let's, yeah, there's let's a lot of random Yeah, there's a lot of random stuff that I've lost to, whether from Michael or from other people. But fell at our sovereign. Of random one. stuff that I want you guys to lose to. I've compiled this little list of some uh, of my favorite alternate wing cons. Yeah, All right, I guess, I guess you know, Revel and Riches was mine. Corey, I know I, you I, use Revel and Riches. I do have Revel and Riches, and I'm going to take it out of my Marin deck as soon as I win with it. I just want to get one win with it. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think if I've ever actually won with Revel and Riches. It's so it's hard. Like, so it's so hard. It seems so easy, but it's so real hard. Quick, just so we all know. All right, whenever a creature your opponent controls dies, you make a treasure token. If you control 10 or more treasure tokens, you win the game. Yeah, I think it's three black, black for an enchantment. That's the one that everybody keeps telling me to put in the pirate No, deck. it's four and a black. Four and a black? Okay, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Literally the only way the pirate deck will ever win. Yeah, because <laughs> it's super easy, especially if you make a lot of treasures. Right. Yeah. That's the only thing pirates can do. One yeah. of my favorites... Is Mortal Kombat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Michael and I know. All right, so Corey, go ahead and read that it's for us. It's two black black for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, if 20 or more creature cards are in your graveyard, you win the game. So you can either do this, I'm going to self-mill myself and get all of my graveyard just loaded up. So you run as little lands as possible, <laughs> as little of anything else as possible, and just creature heavy. You don't care what it is, just put it in the graveyard. Or... You go the correct route. Board wipe tribal? And you run board wipes <laughs> and you <laughs> kill bastard. all your own shit and you do as much combat. That sounds exactly what Corey would do too. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna rampart, I'm gonna play all these creatures, bait people to fucking <laughs> go in all in. I don't care if they die. Wipe win. <laughs> exactly. Another one that I think I've mentioned earlier on this episode, it's Helix Pinnacle. Yep. It's just one green mana enchantment. For sh- and it has Shroud. This one is so fucking it's dumb. It's so weird. <laughs> it's I, so dumb. If I could ever win with this card, I'd be amazed. <laughs> but it's pay X, put X tower counters on Helix Pinnacle. I don't think there's ever been tower counters on any of the card. <laughs> Correct me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong. I, I don't, don't think so, so. No. The next ability is at the beginning of your upkeep, if, you, if there are t- 100 or more... <laughs> 
tower counters on Helix Pinnacle, you win the game. Challenge so, accepted. There was a cube that I played on Mitgo, and one of the cards... This was in it? <laughs> yes. One of the cards that I tried to make work was that, and there was, I think, like six ramp cards that I pulled. So I was running Humano Green, Primeval Titan, and Helix Pinnacle, and I did my best to win with it. I think I got to like... 60 or something like that and then Sounds I got Prime Evil Titan right. and I was just like or I can just swing and yeah, win yeah, it's prime time yeah prime time for the win yeah so a lot of the strategy behind this deck is use Omnath Locus of Mana or Crufix which just lets you bank all your mana you use mana doublers like doubling cube and shit like that and then you just the you put as many counters as possible and then there's a lot of um, green or Simic Things at double counters, like Voril of the whole clay. Yeah, Voril was the, like one of the, the way. With, yeah, and then you just boom, pop it off, go. Yeah, Varel was one of the main ways to win with that. Another one is Myel's Aria. Uh, yeah, I love that card. It's, this is it's a fun in my card. Myel deck. So it's red, green, white, Naya mana for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control, if you control a creature with power five or greater, which is easy for Renanaya because it's usually creature heavy, period. Then you gain 10 life if you control a creature with power 10 or greater. And if you have five, five creature that's getting plus one, plus one counters, yeah, it, starts you, it just starts going off because this is turn three. You should start playing bigger creatures, pumping them up, boom, 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 start gaining life, keeping in the game, period. Then... You win the game if you control a creature with power 20 or greater. There's a lot of ways to, like we were saying, double counters on things. This is a Naya deck, you said, It's right? a yeah. Naya. Naya enchantment. Doubling season. Doubling season, all right. Place a Hydra. Oh, fuck, that's with true. With 10 counters. Hydra, Hydroid Crisis or whatever it is? No, because yeah. that's a Simic one. Oh, you're right. You're right. Trying, just, just any, Naya. just mono green Hydra. <laughs> just something. Play it. Yeah. Boom. 20, 20. I like it. Yep. It's kind of tight. Yeah, it's, it's a cool one. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever won with it. But. Oh, no. It's, it's really, really, really <laughs> slow. And people are like, yo, I see that coming from a mile away. It's like, you have five fives. I get to wait five turns. I'm not going to let you, you life, gain then... 10 life, let alone win the game. <laughs> right. Now, my all-time favorite, Divine Intervention. Fuck. <laughs> I think that it, it may be the only still legal card that has its effect. I, I believe so. Six white, white. Enchantment. You can Eight see a theme. Man, it's yeah. I mean, enchantment. Divine intervention enters the battlefield with two intervention counters on it. <laughs> At the beginning of, of your upkeep, remove an intervention counter from divine intervention. If there are no intervention counters on it, the game is a draw. <laughs> the ultimate fuck you. To everyone, <laughs> you, me, uh, I play an eight man enchantment, and you guys can't do anything about it. To be fair, though, in my Nekusar deck, I've been trying for months to make a game draw by yep, making everyone true. kill themselves yeah. by drawing. <laughs> you are the cards. worst. <laughs> exactly. It's the best. It's it's the only goal I have for that deck. So to be fair, I do not own this card. It's I, like sixty bucks, though. Yeah, it's from Legends. Which if is, I could ever play this card, I totally would. <laughs> but so, it's not good. I've got a card. Ooh yeah! Lay it oh on God, me. it's an uh, it's an alternate win con. It's called "Now I Know My ABCs." <laughs> this is from one of the unsets. Come on! It's one blue blue that reads: At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control permanents 
with names that include all 26 letters of the English <laughs> alphabet, you win the game. <laughs> okay, that beats this card. You win. <laughs> now I that know was the my alternate ABCs. win con of this podcast. Put those well, all in your deck. <laughs> with that, I'm going to call it here. We yeah, I think we, we've kind of talked at lengths about the ups and downs of alternate win cons. <laughs> we've mentioned just putting them in decks to try and win with them. But then there's a lot of them that you just build a whole deck around. Like there's a lot of versatility. There's a lot of options, even though they don't they seem pretty for straightforward when it comes to them, but they require a lot of work around to actually get them to work most of the time. It's just cool. It's just fun. It's still especially in EDH, it's one in a hundred. You know what I mean? I got there. I think that one in ninety nine. Michael brought up a really good point, which was that you kind of have to look at these things uh, almost like a a combo, right? Like they're important in that if you focus everything into it, that it stops kind of becoming an alternate win con for you. And it's your primary win con. And there's so much that, as Corey was saying, you have to do to build around these cards to make them work. Yeah. But they're fragile, right? Like like Infect, like Storm, right? We've had our Infect discussion. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of the resident Storm player. Corey, you've kind of delved into it with your Joyer deck in EDH. But these decks, when you play them, you realize just they're they're a pile of straw you know like you pull one piece out and everything falls apart and you have to do everything that you can to protect it right there's a reason why running Jeskai Storm becomes so strong because of the card silence which stops your opponents from casting spells on your turn just to enable your storm like you're doing literally everything you're playing an off color just to play one card to allow you to have your, your storm active yeah like like we were saying when we were reading off the cards a lot of these are just enchantments so if people just run enchantment removal, then your win con's gone. Yeah, yeah. I think that if your playgroup is starting to run these, that you have to realize that you have to start to develop answers. I think that having either the discussion, like, hey, we don't like these, we don't want these, or, you know, we have them and we need to be able to answer them, it, it progresses your playgroup one way or another that isn't a bad thing. I think in casual, EDH is a little more fragile, too, because like you said, if you play with the same five, six, seven guys, the majority of your time... And someone starts playing alt win cons, and you just say, okay, well, I know I've got to have a couple more artifact answers or a couple more enchantment answers. And usually that'll at least psychologically deal with the problem. I didn't get to my removal, so he won. Or I got to my removal, and he didn't win that way. Um, you know, if you run out <laughs> into those into the LGS and you run into it in the wild, just don't be butthurt. Just be like, you know what? That guy ran the risk of going all in on some dumb shit. Yep. He got me. <laughs> Shuffle up next game. Like I had 40 life and I couldn't do anything <laughs> about it. Yeah, I will he say. He got it. Just kind of like a closing statement, at least for me yeah. personally, is that alternate win cons are kind of a move. Like GG go next, right? Yeah. In, in the gaming oh, yeah. industry. like 100%. Sometimes you have to know when you take your losses, right? And I think magic is no different from that, in that you have to know when you've lost and when it's okay to start the next game. And I think the alternate win cons help progress the game in certain circumstances. And, you know, you have a, a long grindy game that's going on. And, you know, if it's like, say, Michael's, you know, gaining a ton of life and he plays Felidar Sovereign, it's like, well, shit, I can't answer that immediately. But hey, I get to shuffle up and I get to play another game. Yeah. You know, I, and I think that's good. But yeah, I, I agree, guys. I think in the long run, if you haven't had an opportunity to try these alternate win cons, give it a shot. If you don't like it, tear it apart. Don't use it. All right, guys. Thanks for visiting with us. As always, you can visit us at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
And especially, we really like the guys who visit us on YouTube because we got the video going. We spend some time editing. I think we discuss a lot of cards in this episode. It's good to be able to read the text, see the art. We hope you guys like it. If not, seriously, leave us leave us comments and messages. Let us know what you want to see, what you don't like. If you don't like me, uh, you know, talking about, uh, you know, whatever. Hey, that Gary guy. That fucking can, guy. Can Tell him to talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> cut him out. Hey, Let uh, me know. Yeah. yeah. We're always up for constructive criticism. Uh, yeah. Honestly, we want to know what you're drinking, right? We want yeah. you to drink responsibly. Yeah. If you're underage, Especially, don't do yeah. that. But, like, we've had the ciders, which is something that we normally, you know, don't do here. We've had, I think, like, what, two ciders on the show yep. ever since the start of it here. And... I think it's something we're going to have to revisit. Seriously, these were all so good. Oh, they were <laughs> huge fans. They were delicious. All right, next time we have ciders, we're going to try and get Michael back here. Hell Michael, yeah. round three. We'll have some new Michael stories, hopefully. We'll catch oh. up. Oh, I got plenty. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> I'll have a Michael story. We will play a game before we start. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll have all of that, but we want to make sure you guys are responsible. We want to make sure you know you guys are drinking of legal age, at least in your area. We don't want you guys to get in trouble just because you know we're hanging out and drinking here. Yeah, it's not worth it. Just be cool. As always, guys, have fun, but not too much. <laughs>